Well, good morning, First Lutheran Church. Uh, my name is Danny. I'm a pastoral intern here, uh, and it's so awesome to be able to hang out uh, with you all and uh, have the opportunity to come up before you today uh, and uh, talk to you. I want to say hi to those of you who are joining us online. I'm so glad that you are uh, tuning in, uh, and we believe that, uh, that just because we're not in the same room that we're not worshiping the same God. We are, and the God who's in this room right now is in the same room uh, that you are in uh, watching this on the screen, and it's good to be together. Uh, we've been going through a series over the last few weeks called Ancient Roots. We are diving in to the roots of our faith by looking at the Apostles' Creed. That is the statement of our foundational beliefs. And this week, we've landed on the forgiveness of sins. And this is a very, very crucial point to our faith because it addresses... Well, our biggest and our oldest problem in the human race, and that's sin. I mean, we all have problems. You know, I mean, it's, that's not very hard to convince somebody of. If somebody is driving next to you, gets a little bit upset, then pulls up next to you at the stoplight and you know, lowers the window, hey, what's your problem? Some of you might be able to really quickly pull out of a list. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, oh, what's my problem? Well, let me tell you what my problem is. I woke up a little bit late this morning, and I didn't get enough sleep anyway. I burnt my toast. Then I went to work. I had a long meeting. That meeting made me late for my lunch meeting. Or then I wasn't prepared for the test that I had to take, so I didn't get the grade that I wanted. Or I'm not getting the promotion at work that I thought that I might get. Then I went to Starbucks, and they're already out of the holiday brew that I wanted. So then the brew that I got burnt my tongue, which then caused me to make a veer on the road, which led to you, you crank coming up to me and saying, what's my problem? That's my problem! <laughs> you think I got problems? And those are the ones that kind of come and go. But let's be honest, there are heavier problems. <sighs> what's my problem? My problem is my relationships are falling apart. I'm lonely. I'm out of money. I'm insecure. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm sick. That's my problem. I'm here to tell you today that we worship a God who wants your problems. He wants them. He accepts them. He gladly takes them in. And so the question is, do you trust him? with your problems. Let's turn back to the gospel that we had today in the book of Luke chapter 5. There are these guys who have a friend who's paralyzed. And this is a problem. He can't walk. He doesn't have the quality of life that other people are enjoying. It's a problem. And so they take him to Jesus. They take him to Jesus because they trust that Jesus can do something with this problem. In the chapter leading up to this, Jesus is healing healing everyone. Verse 40 in chapter 4 tells us there wasn't a disease that he couldn't touch and heal. Leading right up to this passage, he goes up to a leper. He touches him and he heals him. Jesus takes the problem and he heals it. So these, these men who are friends with a paralyzed man, no doubt, we're going to take you to Jesus and he's going to help you. He's going to take care of your problem. And that's where the story takes an interesting twist. Because they, 
they can't get to Jesus right away because there's too many people. And so they go up on the roof. They take the roof apart and lower him. What an entrance, right? And he comes down. He sees the problem. Clearly, this man's on a mat. He can't walk. And what does Jesus say? Luke chapter 5, verse 20. Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. All right, uh, thanks. Uh, can't you see there's a little bit more of an immediate problem right now? I can't walk. I appreciate your thought about my sins, but I can't walk. Don't you see the immediate problem? Don't you see that I have bigger issues? And Jesus is saying, no, you don't. Because the thing about earthly problems, as big as they might be, Jesus is pro-healing. Spoiler alert, by the end of the story, this man's going to walk. <laughs> the, the, Bible, the Bible promotes healing. It's for it. God is for healing. But that's not the biggest thing. Because any sort of problem that you run into here on earth is not as big as this other problem. Earthly problems come and go. I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan. A lot of you know this because I've been rubbing it in the faces of everyone over the last nine months, ever since they were predicted to win the World Series. And, and my problem for the, the first 24 years of my life, this is how ridiculously privileged I am, my problem for the first 24 years of my life is that the Cubs hadn't won a World Series. And I'm coming to this year, it's been 108 years. And year in, year out, 2003, when they were so close, they were five outs away from the World Series. That man who shall not be named reaches his hand out, and that's my problem. And so coming into this year, they got a really good chance. And sure enough, even when they're down 3-1, I, I, don't, I don't doubt one bit. Okay, I doubt it a lot. <laughs> they come back, and they win, and it's glorious, and I'm freed of my problems. Here's the problem. I'm also a Chicago Bears fan. And they stink. Notice with the Cubs, I say we. With the Bears, I'm now saying they. <sighs> Two and six. We're probably going to lose to the Buccaneers today. <sighs> Problem. <laughs> problems come and problems go. But your sin is a problem that stays. And God is a being in a and a lover of your heart that wants to stay forever to beat out that problem of sin. And so Jesus says, yeah, immediate problem, I get it. You can't walk. That is an immediate problem. And yet this is bigger. This is more important. There is nothing more immediate than having a right relationship with God. And so he says, friend, your sins are are forgiven. And, and we, we hear that in society today will tell you, mm, we don't really believe in guilt anymore. I, I get to decide what's right and what's wrong. You can't tell me when I'm guilty. I get to make that decision. It's all relative. I mean, I do one bad thing while well, I make up for it with a good thing. I, I'm not holding on to anything. I don't have issues. I don't need to be forgiven. That's up to me. What's, how's that game going for you? 
when I was in high school and I was on the wrestling team, I got some really nasty skin infections. And there were a couple days going there where I kept on telling myself, nah, it's nothing. Nah. (laughs) My skin always looks like that. It's just acne. Oh. But every time I looked in the mirror, I knew there was a problem. I had an infection. See, we got this conscience. We got this brain. We got this heart that tells us, even if you don't feel guilty, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. No matter how free you run, no matter how loose your spirit is, I'm a free spirit. Nobody can tell me what's right and what's wrong. But when you're really honest with yourself, you know. Especially when you hurt someone that you care about. Yeah. I'm infected. And so we have something in common with a paralyzed man. Some of us can walk, but all of us are sinners. And don't get down in the dumps for too long, because remember, Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. And now we're starting to see just how significant that statement is. The Pharisees saw how significant that statement was. For, for how much grief we give the Pharisees for being, you know, cranks and, and mean and, and really kind of fun suckers, they were very well educated, and they knew exactly what Jesus was saying when he was saying that. Jesus tells the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. That's interesting because it doesn't seem like the paralyzed man did anything to offend Jesus. Unless you're counting him coming through the roof, but I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about here. Your sins, you can't just say that to someone who doesn't do you wrong. If Pastor Steve is up here preaching, and if our executive administrator Jeff comes up and tackles him, and then Angie comes, the Pastor Angie comes up and says, hey Jeff, your sins are forgiven. Pastor Steve might say, I'm the one who gets to forgive him. Now, Pastor Steve is a brilliant, faithful man, so he would probably forgive him anyway. But do you see? <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> you always, yeah, yeah, what a different time. There's something wrong about someone forgiving people when they're not the ones who seem to be done wrong, unless, unless something actually was done wrong to them. See, when Jesus is saying to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, make no mistake, his claim is, all sins are against me. All sins. And the Pharisees say, no one can say that except for God. That's blasphemy. You're claiming to be God. And Jesus says, yeah, that's me. That's me. Anything done wrong is done wrong against me. And I forgive it. I forgive it. I'm putting it aside. And so he reads the Pharisees' minds and he says, why why are you questioning this? He reads their hearts. He knows that they're doubting him. Do you not understand who I am? Which is easier to say? In verse 23, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? 
or to say, get up and walk? What an interesting question. Because notice that Jesus doesn't say, what's easier to do, forgive someone or heal them? No, he says, what's easier to say? And from a human perspective, well, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven because really, who's going to know? Your sins are forgiven. Hope so. I've got a theology professor over at the seminary who explained this to me a little bit. And he pointed out, see, when God says something, it happens. When humans say things, they can do another. But God says truth. When God said, let there be light, there was light. It wasn't, let there be light, all right, let's go figure out how we're going to do this, and hopefully it works out. No, no, let there be light, there is light. When God says something, it happens. And so look what Jesus does. What's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk. But let me show you just how much I mean what I say. Because I know you can't see that his sins are forgiven just because I said it. You don't get that, per you don't get that perspective. You don't have my eyes right now. You don't get to see that. So let me show you just how true my word is. So Jesus says, get up and walk. And immediately, he stood up in front of them. Oh, Jesus is making a scene. The Pharisees didn't have anything against him until now. That is a direct claim to be God. And that is a direct demonstration of God. When I say it, it happens. Jesus said, get up and walk. And so it was. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And so it was. You see, God makes our biggest problem his problem. And I, I get it. God is, is perfect and, and all-knowing and, and everything. So, I mean, he doesn't really have a problem, but he, he takes our problem and makes it his. Because Scripture tells us <laughs> no sin is going to go unpunished. In Exodus 34, I forgive, but no one who is guilty is going to go unpunished. It's repeated in Nahum. It's repeated in Proverbs. Jesus isn't just contradicting Scripture here. No, Jesus is able to forgive sins and mean it and have it happen because he's on his way to the cross. He's able to look sin right in the face and not be intimidated because he knows where he's going. He knows that he's bigger than the sin. He knows that he's stronger than it. And so he can look right into it and say, you're gone. Sinner, I forgive you. And so it is. You are forgiven. Our problem became God's problem. We don't have medicine for our infections that's going to cure this. You can't clean this stain on your own. That skin infection I had on my forehead, I couldn't just wish it away. I couldn't peel it off my forehead on my I needed a cure. Jesus says, I got that. 
but more importantly, I got your sin. Your problem is my purpose. And it leaves us in a really interesting spot. Okay, I'm a sinner. I get it. You told me that enough. I don't need you to remind me. And yeah, Jesus, you can forgive sins. I, I trust that you can. What about me? I think I'd be crazy to think that there's someone in here, or that there's not someone in here this morning who's questioned that before. Because you, you know what you've done. Hey, what about me? What if my sin's too big? What if I didn't say all the right things? Well, what if I didn't come to God and ask for it in the right special way, with the right wording? What if I'm too big of a sinner? Oh, don't forget who Jesus hung out with. The night that he was betrayed, the night that he was handed over by his friends, Jesus sat with them. He said, this is how much I love you. This is how much I care about you. This is how glad I am to do it. Notice that the paralyzed man didn't ask for forgiveness. Now be careful on that. There's nowhere in scripture that suggests that, that forgiveness comes without repentance. No, we, we gotta confess before God. But that leaves us in a spot where we're like, well, what if I don't say it right? What if I don't do it right? What if I don't, what if I don't say the spell right? It's not a spell. Right, just like Jesus read the hearts of the Pharisees, he knows your heart too. He knows your heart. He knows that somewhere inside of you, you, you just know there's something wrong with me. There's something that I'm doing wrong. There's something that I, I just can't get right and I can't fix it on my own, God. And Jesus looks into that paralyzed man's eyes. You are forgiven. You come to me broken. You come to me a sinner. And, and you don't even know how you're saying it. You can't even put the words to your lips. But I know what's in your heart. And I'm here to forgive you. You can trust that man. Look how tender he is. See how much he cares for you. Jesus didn't have to touch the leper to forgive him. He could have just said it's there. But he touched him. I'm not afraid of your sin. Because I can heal it. I can, I can set it. I can do away with it on the cross. The horrible, dark, terrifying death that I'm going to endure gladly for you. You are forgiven. Let me touch you to show you I'm not afraid of you or your sin. I didn't believe that my skin infection was healed for a long time. Until my dad walked up to me one day and he knew I was really struggling with it because he noticed, Danny, you don't touch your forehead anymore. <laughs> that's, not why he, that's not exactly what he said. But I became really afraid of germs and washing my hands too much and he walks up to me and he goes, hey Danny, yeah? 
touched me. You're healed. See? I'm not afraid of this. I'll touch it. I'm reaching out my hand. Oh, then I knew. I can trust that. Trust the God who came into the world because he wasn't afraid of your sin. Know that your sin is not too great. Know that you are never too far away. Remember who Jesus hung out with. The night he was betrayed, he sat with those disciples and he took bread and he said, take and eat. It's my body and it's given for you. And after supper, he took the, the cup and he gave thanks. He poured out for all to drink. Yeah, yeah, Peter, you, you're going to say you don't even know me. You other disciples, you, you who will run away and you won't even show up to my execution. This is poured out for you. It's the new covenant in my blood and it's shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus says to the paralytic, get up and walk, and so it is. Jesus says to the blind man, you can see, and so it is. Jesus says to the deaf man, you can hear, and so it is. He says to the mute, you can speak, and so it is. He says to you today, your sins are forgiven, and so it is. Oh, what a caring God. I absolutely believe that our sins are forgiven. When we say the Apostles' Creed, we say the forgiveness of sins, I believe it because Jesus told me so. He's God. And what he says is, and he gladly takes your sin to forgive it. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you for sending your son to forgive us. Thank you for making our problem our problem. Thank you for reminding us that we're never too far away. Because you have this gift of forgiveness that's ready to touch us. So now, God, we, we pray the prayer that your son taught us. <laughs> and how powerful it is. Knowing that we are forgiven, we get to come before you and say this. Our Father, Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.